Welcome to episode 9 of the Electrium Podcast. David Evans here. Thank you for tuning in. If you are a new listener to this podcast, you can find us on all your podcast platforms. Uh, but if you're a regular listener to the show and you like what you hear, why not leave us a comment and a review on iTunes. Uh, on the show today, we're talking to Paul Meenan and Dave Watts from E5 Group. Gentlemen, how are we this evening? Hello. Hello, I'm good, thank you. That was a good introduction, Paul. We should do that with ours, you know. Oh, you mentioned yeah. all platforms straight away. You just did it. Um, um, I'm immediately um, got Dan in my head having a yeah. me saying you must introduce the platforms and social media more. So um, thank you for being it's Dan Jackson for a moment. Man. Great. Yeah. Thank you for that. That was good. <laughs> You've got to get it out there. Got to get it out there. Got to get the followers. Uh, Jen, thank you for joining me uh, this evening. Obviously, we're recording mm-hmm. this podcast in what is... Uh, very uncertain times at the moment with the coronavirus, but what we're going to concentrate more on today is uh, what you guys are doing with E5 and what's going on with the electrical industry. Uh, the first question, it's the same question we ask at the start of every podcast, um, sources, ketchup, mayo, etc., where are you keeping them, fridge or cupboard? Um, fridge, you heretic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, fridge. Uh, well, cu- well hmm. normally cupboard until open, then fridge. Yeah. But right now, my boys are just opening them all. You know, I can't, I can't get enough burger sauce in this house, so they're going oh. straight in the fridge. So. Really, burger sauce? See, I'm, I'm a roasted garlic mayo man. Ooh. I see. Bella likes that, but I like the burger sauce on my doner meat with the chips. And I introduced my boys to burger sauce. Now the little swines just want daddy's burger sauce all the time. I'm not heard that. No longer daddy's on, burger on sauce. Doner meat, chips, burger yeah. sauce on top. Disgusting. Taste sensation. That could be. <laughs> no. But yeah. Uh, cupboard till open, then in fridge. No, I think that's a general good rule. I think I've, I'm very much of the fridge. Everything in the fridge. But I mm-hmm. think maybe like right now, there's barely any room in the fridge. <laughs> well, I've actually I've actually got in my kitchen a little half size fridge built into all the kitchen cupboards. It came at the house. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. is literally where my, I store all of my. Anyone who knows me knows that when I have food, I think um, Gary once said, sometimes you like food with your ketchup and your condiments um because i do like lots and lots of ketchup but my particular taste bud transition over the last few years has been to roasted garlic mayo which is available mm. in marks and spencers it's lovely and all other good retailers uh, no actually or maybe just, just, M&S. just <laughs> m&s it's 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 they're the only ones that do the decent one ah. selling some more stuff for m&s there Sorry, um, <laughs> it is nice. Sorry about that. No. Remember whose podcast this is? Paul. Yeah. Sorry, no, it's fine. It's fine. Well, they don't sell they don't sell consume units and breakers, so we're okay. Maybe we'll sell that garlic mayo sauce at one point. Get one with oh, every okay. consume unit. Yes. I'll, oh yeah, I'll buy loads. <laughs> yeah, man. Let's consider it, those. <laughs> All right, Jed. So I want to get a, get, a, get a recap really on uh, what was your route into the industry? Where you got into now? How did you start your career out in this industry? Do you want me to start that one, Paul? Yeah, go for it, mate. Okay. Um, well, my father um, was the manager of an electrical contractor, which was called T&J Watts, which was originally started up by my granddad. My granddad at the time was kind of just turning up to work, making sure everyone gets in. And my old man would then drift in when he wanted to. But, you know, so my, my granddad was really the governor. But it's a family firm. Uh, and so when I was growing up, spent some time with dad, I'd end up, 
getting involved with going onto some of the sites, going, you know, getting in the van, going from job to job. Um, when it came to school, I did very well at school. I was in the top class. Uh, did well in my GCSEs, but I went on to A levels, and I, I never knew what you know. When they ask you what you want to do for the rest of your life, you don't know at that age. Uh, but I knew, and my old man would, would say to me, "If you learnt a trade, you'd have a skill for life. You'd always have the ability to earn a living." So you know, he offered me an apprenticeship. He said, "Do an apprenticeship, and then go off and do something else, and you can come back to a skill." So I did the apprenticeship, and that's how I got into the industry straight from school. Mm. Paul, how about yourself? Um, for me, um, I loved school. I loved having a laugh. I loved my friends. I was terrible academically. I was, uh, uh, well, an average student according to all my tests. Um, I failed all my GCSEs because I was um, mugged and stabbed just before I sat my exams. No counselling, no therapy there. My dad was a, a, an extremist builder. And, um, yeah, I basically wanted to do theatre lying. I loved theatre. I loved acting, drama. And I thought, well, I'll go and do theatre lighting. But um, before I go into theatre lighting, I'd, I'd rather have a trade. So if I'm going to do lighting, I want to know anything about the electrics and the electrical installations. So I decided to train as an electrician and I struggled to get an apprenticeship, got one. That company went bankrupt. Then I eventually went into rail, never really looked back. So my time was served across two companies. And um, the minute I finished my time, because I was so passionate, um, the money was good. I got put in charge of jobs and just absolutely accelerated higher and higher and higher and higher until the point where I um, I ended up in a tier one contractor and, and I've been a client for probably eight, nine years now. Right, I think we've got uh, Ryan in the call now. Ryan, hello, good evening. Hi, how are you? I'm all right, how about you? I'm good, I'm good, just uh, working from home obviously like everybody else in the in the country trying to, to avoid the, the pandemic as they say. Uh, let's catch you up to speed firstly, Ryan. Uh, sources, fridge or cupboard? Uh, 100% in the fridge. Good, 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 good. And also, give me, give us a, a brief summary of how you got into the industry. What was your kind of route? Uh, see, I'm, I'm probably one of the the interesting ones. Whereas I used to be a police officer. Um, I was a police officer. I was in the military, and then I was a police officer, and uh, just didn't like the discipline side of things. So decided to put myself through college. Um, Worked part-time, uh, worked as a doorman, trying to pay my way. Went through college and, and got all my qualifications and and moved into the electrical industry that way. Uh, strength to strength and spent spent very few, uh, maybe a year or so, kind of on the tools and then moved into a client role and, and managed electricians rather than kind of carrying out the physical work. Um, that's me in a, a very quick 30-second nutshell. So what we're talking about, man, today, guys, is E5. Uh, the E5 group, uh, a lot of people are seeing a lot more now of, of you, what you guys are doing on social media. So for people who don't know, what is E5 uh, and what is it that you're looking to do and look to help towards in the, in the industry? I've no idea who they are. Yeah. Well, I was, I, was, I, was the, I, was, I was one of the latter people to be introduced, so I can step back on that one. Okay, um, so E5... Um, Okay, the principle of E5 was um, around a document that was published by the Engineering Council called Statement of Ethical Principles. Um, it was myself that kind of discovered it while I was going for my professional registration. And the minute I read it, I thought, there's not enough people know this exists and maybe use it in their uh, reasoning and decision-making um, uh, functions. So I thought, well, how can I kind of raise the profile of this really good 
uh, document because it helped improve my way of thinking and behaving. So um, as I was working in TFL at the time and I thought, you know what, the best way of doing it is to wear it on my jacket. And everybody was obsessed with collecting badges at TFL. So I made a badge and at the center of it, I put the E5. People then asked what it was and I kind of played a little mysterious game. Fast forward a year or so and then I met Mr. Dempsey in the industry, uh, an industry forum um, quite a while ago now. And um, when I explained it to Ryan, he basically said, this is a good thing. You should expand it outside of rail because it grew in, in rail. And it has. And it's um, it's become it's gone from people wearing a badge, making a, an outward statement to a cooperative, a community, what we call an E5 family, where, yes, there are founder members, but there's a, a far broader rush of people in every sector across the UK and abroad. You know, as far away as Thailand and all sorts of people wearing them badges, Canada, um, where what we decided was if we were going to do something, we should combine our skills, our knowledge and our efforts and do something positive to help the industry improve. And across the founder members, we realized there was something we could do. So we sat down in a pub and we said, let's have some core values. So everything we do is demonstrated against those core values. And Mr. Watts, who's sitting in silence at the moment, he is a massive advocate of supporting and educating people. That's his skill set. So we thought, well, we can do that. And, and it won't actually cost us because we're volunteers. It's our, in our own free time. And so we decided that we wanted to influence people with the right behaviours to hopefully inspire them to want to do better in their lives and improve and in their workplaces and inform them with knowledge. Uh, and to do that, we would have to support people and educate. And and that's what we did. So we put our values in our brand. And um, that's basically it, really. It's a, we're a co-op of people who are, who are working with individuals to try and improve the industry, hopefully work with industry bodies and manufacturers to just put a better message of we can do better we don't have to so, no. can i just put a bit of a i'll put a bit of a spin on that for you and yeah you let, let me um let me put a bit of a spin on it so paul kind of referenced when he met me in in leeds and it it was a probably oh, 2015 or maybe 2013 it was a long time ago and and i was at the time managing hundreds of electricians and, and millions of pounds worth of budgets and I'd contacted the IET, the Institute of Engineering and Technology, all of the different schemes in the industry and I, it was like a cry for help as such to say I'm, I'm starting to see a decline in people trying who, who don't understand the basic principles of being an electrician and I was asking people to go and work in high-rise buildings and I was being told constantly uh, I'm, I'm only a domestic electrician. And at the time, I never really understood what that term was because I didn't realise that Ohm's law was applied simply to domestic and not to commercial. And it just didn't make sense to me at the time. And so I, I sent a few emails, created a little bit of um, a little bit, a little bit of waves in the industry. And, and I was brought in through the doors of the IET and, and the IET said, would you stand up and do a talk for us in Leeds? Um, how many people do you think you can get in a room? And I somewhere between 60, 70 people. Um, and we did. And, and Paul was one of those people. And, and just to put a twist on his story, when he stood in front of me, he had the badge on. And I remember seeing to him at the time, um, looks like a London Underground badge. And he said, it is a London Underground badge. But it, the bit that's important is the is the bit in the middle where it says E5. And he says the, the circle around continuous improvement and the line right through the middle. And then he explained it to me in terms of within his environment, it's it's really important to 
find the people who hold you up and who support you in your day-to-day activities. And unfortunately, in today's world, there's far too many people who would happily see you fall off the edge of a bridge or or fail in your duties as an electrician or as a manager or as a, uh, whatever you do in day-to-day. And he said, I created this so that I could give people who I trust and who, who demonstrate the same ethos in, in work or in business or in, in life as me. And then I, I know that if any of my friends who are wearing the badge go into a meeting and someone else has that badge on, they can sit and rest assured and they can breathe a sigh of relief that those people operate in exactly the same way as I operate. And that's when I said to him, wouldn't that be fantastic if we could push that out to the electrical industry? Because we need that as electricians. Every single Sparky in the country has somebody in their phone that they phone for advice when they don't when they don't know the, the electrical answer. Why not create that into a, a little bit of a cohort of people who are passionate to help other people out? Yeah, you've, yeah. you've mentioned that there, there is a real sense of community then what you're trying to bring together. Yeah, bring, bring my fellow minded electricians who you can go to to share advice and support on, on things that people are working on. Yes, massively. It, it's become more than just a, a support group for electricians, though. It's it's everyone in, in the industry, in the sector. Um, uh, I think everybody at some point struggles um, and everybody's able to look back and go, look where I was five, ten years ago, look where I am now. And I think one of the things we're trying to do by sharing our knowledge is help people make that journey quicker, better, safer, sharing our lessons learned, sharing our knowledge, um, making people realize that if they're having a negative moment about something or someone, that we can help expand their mind and their viewpoints um, and actually just help them be better about themselves. I mean, Ryan was right. Those those badges, that brand that it's become so recognizable, we have electricians wearing them managers wearing them engineers wearing them people wearing them uh, in the select committee meetings if you watch the videos carefully gas um, engineers wearing gas, them now yeah yeah there's 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 all sorts of people um in all sorts even a couple of mps actually have those badges so they're, they're they're all over the president of the iet has one of those badges so there's they're, they're all over the place it's become a quite a large it's it's to be honest with you it's snowboarded into something far bigger than i ever thought it's worth it's worth just adding to the end of it that that's the, the importance of the the you know the, the brandy five if you wanted yep. to call it a brand it's an identity that everyone can look at listen engage with but it brings people together and for us as the maybe the the, the people in the in the center of it we just find ourselves now being approached by people that start to inspire us and we learn from and that's the that's the point of that it's not a case of we are the people you know we we, we don't want to be the people that people come and seek help from we want to actually just form a huge structure where everybody supports each other yep. and i think that's what's been absent from the industry you know there's just been no there's been no foundation there's been no center where everyone can actually cooperate and coordinate and actually support each other this is why my my actual manager at work calls us a co-op yeah which causes a cop because everybody makes everybody better even the guys we have people approach us on social media who ask for our help and we'll always help them but by the time we finished helping them they've given us so much mm-hmm. we've learned from them we've ex- mutually exchanged knowledge and uh, inspired each other and learned from each other and it's and built some fantastic relationships and the beautiful thing about e5 is i refuse to allow it to be monetized or allow money near it uh sponsorship or anything because um i find the minute when I first started this and we started talking to electricians, immediately we had a lot of negativity of, oh, another 
you know scheme or another membership thing or another that just takes money for electricians and we've never we've never taken a penny and we never will because that's not what we're about and that that confuses a lot of people as to our motivations behind it and this is why i use the terms it's it's just nice to be nice yeah there are there are, there are many that believe that is that there's a benefit to hold wisdom and people of power at a distance from people who are actually you know on the front line trying to work there's a lot of people that make a lot of money from that and they like to yep. keep it that way and we're trying to actually bridge that we're trying to build you know build a network of people together and a lot mm. of people don't like the idea of that because you know it threatens their their exclusivity and their yep. position and uh, that's not our problem it's time to evolve time to time to move on especially in the in the time we're at at the moment of recording with what's going not only in the country but uh, globally with um coronavirus having that sense of community in -hmm. terms of you know people's you know jobs and livelihoods are at risk at the moment and just being able to guess talk to other other people in similar positions and like-minded people must be a very good support mechanism see this is a this is a fantastic opportunity for us to electricians to kind of jump on the internet the the internet's a fantastic thing and 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 bringing people together to learn and and get better or um as sparky ninja says which is a fantastic term is to make electricians great again is the the ability to if you haven't got that work on jump on the internet jump on instagram jump on youtube you've got john ward sparky ninja you've got the these people are going out of their way for no other reason than to help you become a better electrician. And if we can all just take a few steps in that right direction, um, we all become better electricians. We all we all understand things better. We can it ultimately leads to people making more money, obviously. Yeah. But that's not what we're that's that's not what we're about. You've just quoted the magic formula, Ryan. Um, one of the things I always say when I go to colleges and do talks, I always start off with the formula, the more you learn, the more you earn. Yeah. And there are, again, there are people at the other end. I mentioned the people who are high up. There are people who are low down who don't want, you know, for electricians to force themselves. They're happy to have earned a card, access to industry and grind and just moan about it. They don't want to work harder to actually move themselves. They want, they want to question where they're at. They don't want to question what they can do. I think that's enough. Um, again, um, leave them behind. Talking more then now about the, the the electrical industry. For you guys, what is it that you see is perhaps exciting about the industry at the moment and also equally perhaps what is it that's probably a bit challenging uh, about what's going on at the minute in our in our world? I think I think one of the one of the topics that we don't talk about it's it the kind of the elephant in the corner is is the term electrician and what it means and who it applies to. When we have companies and, and um, very senior organisations in the industry looking to protect a title or, or or try and put this persona over the top of electricians, unfortunately, the mentality... I remember when I first came into the electric, electrical industry, um, the, it, it, we were just losing that kudos of being a QS. But achieving your QS made you... It was your two three nine one. Then becoming a QS was a was the thing to achieve. You were you were the cream of the crop and and so on. And and you were an electrician and, and you were proud to be an electrician. And the problem we've got now is we gradually and I, I don't know the reason for this. Maybe it's commercially driven from from larger organisations. But 
if you go to an electrician these days who says he has a full apprenticeship, he's a fully qualified electrician, and you say to him, um, is there any chance you could just go maintain that fire alarm for me or um, fix that fault on a fire alarm? Most electricians these days who are fully qualified electricians would struggle with what an, a fire alarm looks like inside a panel. You ask them to go and maintain the emergency light system and it's got a static inverter or a battery operated back and changeover switches. Most electricians these days through their apprenticeships would look at you as if you've you've kind of weed down the leg as such. It's it's You've done something that... I can't believe you've asked me to do that. I haven't been on a course to do that, but you see you're an electrician. And and there's things like controlled entry, proximity access, storage heating, renewable energy, and, and it's only going to get worse with smart technology, whereas an electrician now should be as competent with CAT5 or data cable as he is with, with PVC, PVC, or MICC, or FP200. And that's going to be a big problem. We're, we're fragmenting the electrical industry so that the term electrician is almost redundant now. Yep, I'd agree. Um, you know, I mean, I've got experience in FE and I've seen how FE has tried to evolve. I saw a few years ago where environmental legislation was introduced where we had solar, ground solar and a wind farm. But, um, you know, we've always had a set, you know, we've always... We've always not really brought data and fiber in. There's obviously a little bit. It's kind of like a complement to the to the current AM2. There's not sufficient technical study on the subject. It's like a it's a, like a complementary addition. Um, and I've 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 trained electricians and I've had guys in the room who are JB gold card holders, but they've only ever worked on street lights. I had one that's never touched steel conduit. Um, so. I can I I appreciate the the term fully uh, qualified. I understand why they want to use that. I I'm happy with the term full full uh, full apprenticeship, uh, but there's no such thing as a fully qualified electrician because the requirement of electricity work regulation 16 is to be suitable to prevent danger relative to the nature of the work. You don't know what the work is tomorrow, and you can only determine competence if you know what the work will be. And again. Um, you've got to maintain that competence and that experience. And if you're going to start going from one day at work where you're working in fire alarms or telecoms, and then one day you're working in emergency lighting, you've got to understand BS5266, then the next week or two you're starting to look at EV. We've got to always identify that electricians always have to be looking to move forward and look further. Uh, the industry is starting to understand this, I think. See, I have a, um, I have a view on... I agree with both views. I think this industry, for whatever you define as an electrician, is incredibly exciting, the future of it. I think um, it's also incredibly scary for, for reasons you've just said. We have technology moving at such a fast rate. It's, it's, it's a fantastic time to be a, a qualified electrician who is very keen to diversify his skills, his knowledge, so that he can be competent in the task um, that he's about to apply himself, or he or she is about to apply himself but there is so much technology so much to learn and mm. I think a lot of guys feel quite scared because there's a lot of anger always been projected towards the wiring regulations and changes because it takes full working sparks on sites they are doing the job day in day out when something comes along that changes it means they've got to stop earning money for a few days or they've got to go back to school some of them naturally put a wall up now, over a period of 10, 20 years, that wall becomes a cliff yeah, that does. they've got to climb up of knowledge. 
and they will naturally just reject it and spur that rejection onto the people they're training. And that seems to happen a lot in the electrical industry. So people will come into it and immediately they're qualified. There's a new amendment and they inherit those bad behaviors. Whereas I've yeah. said to people, um, they need to, they need to try and um, embrace every single change, every single new technology as a complete opportunity to learn, diversify, earn more money for their family, uh, and do good things. You talked about there how there, you know there are opportunities now, really, for especially the content that's out there for electricians to learn more. Is there anything, is there anything in particular at all you think that people should be looking at to upskill to learn more about? selfishly for me go on and it and it is selfishly for me i'm i'm starting to get a bit more of a kick a few years ago i obviously set my company up it's technology it's trying to integrate the electrical industry and then in introduce technology into the electrical industry and and i had this kind of fire up my backside then to to build a company and and, and do what i do today i'm starting to see more of a demand for that and what we can do with data and what we can do with um silly terms like artificial intelligence and how we can apply that to to what we do day in day out that's what's exciting me and and i know that doesn't sit with a lot of electricians and i know a lot of electricians don't really care about that but there will be some people who do there, there will be me me i'm i'm interested in it i know quite a few other people who are interested in in how technology can improve the way we do things i think i think for managers yes managers of electricians definitely the data that we get from electrical installations will become ever more prevalent in making decisions especially in investment because i mean i i use data for my decision making but for electricians i think um i think digital as a term or smart is is something that we cannot absolutely cannot reject i mean if you look at the new arc fault detection rules that have come uh, regulations sorry that have come in the 18th edition that's a piece of digital technology it's a microprocessor inside it's a computer inside a, a device that monitors a sine wave that's digital we need to um stop pushing back on some of this stuff and embrace an understanding of how it works so that we can very we we need to re realign or or, or or replane the way we select and erect electrical installations rather than just following blindly a design or a couple of basic rules of of yeah well you know if it's if you've got a you just use this type of rcd on that or just go with rcbos but understand why you're using individual rcbos understand what you're connecting into your installation and we're we're and i actually find it really exciting now that electricians are realizing that some of the boilers that are being installed and the ev cars have the potential or pv have the potential to leak and saturate and affect the protective devices we're putting into installations now and there's so many guys when we do our talks they're just blown away by it they're absolutely blown away by this mm. interaction of technology it's it's very yeah. exciting stuff to learn I've been going around the country quite a lot and the i i have always very foolishly i suppose since i left college and i had some phenomenally inspiring teachers who really did worked miracles um to see the condition of further education and training centers and yet the passion on some of the learners we were at a college three weeks ago and we met 70 youngsters who were learning full-time learners who had no job and who were desperate for a start with incredibly passionate tutors who were trying to motivate them and build their confidence and really get give them the the self-determination to go out there and kick the doors into the industry and get themselves a job and and i think the industry is doing virtually nothing to help its own future which is a shame 
You mentioned there apprentices and young sparks. If you were to give a room full of apprentices, which sounds like you've done recently, one piece of advice, one key piece of advice going forward in their training and becoming an electrician in the future, what would it be? Ooh. Um, I, I, I actually, yeah, I did this in a room yeah, um, uh, in uh, college in East London. I actually gave them two bits of advice. One, um, it was actually a statement. I would like, who here wants to earn loads of money? And everybody put their hands up and great. The minute you stop learning, you're going to earn jack. Simple as that. You will never, ever stop learning in this trade. And if you do, then you're stagnating and you will get left behind. My I advice. mean, a- apprentices now, I mean, again, there's big issues with the training industry. There's big issues with trainers. There's big issues with syllabus. There's issues with awarding bodies. There's just, it's just, there's, you know, that's why, that's why I'm saying it's got to be redone. But uh, apprentices now have opportunities to see this for themselves. And that's what we're trying to do is to get them to question the quality of the training, to question the intentions of their trainers, to question the resources they have at college. To, I mean, with social, with social media, they can see other training uh, centers, other colleges. They can see other people offer training. They can see other electricians and they can network. You know, they didn't have that 10, 15 years ago. They would sit mm-hmm. there one day a week, two evenings a week. They'd sit. There'd be a whiteboard. There'd be the same PowerPoint and there'd be hours of PowerPoint and then they go back to work tomorrow and nothing would be retained. Um, so that's the point now. Apprentices, you know, it's a great time. It's a great opportunity for them, but they have to be shown that. They have to be shown, you know, where they can tap a lot of good resources from. It's worth noting, Dave, as well, the way people digest um, mm. learning material, content, whatever you want to call it, is different. I was actually walking around the Tottenham Stadium when it was being built and I could hear the theme music of a certain YouTuber playing mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. the canteen. And it was actually an apprentice watching um, a, a GSH video. And he was watching how to do a certain cable and a certain gland. And he was brushing up on it. And I, I thought that was just amazing. I thought well, it was we, amazing. Watched, we watched yesterday, we watched uh, two electricians doing a Instagram live. And one of them said that he had, uh, was it dyslexic or something? But he said that he, he'd watched my content because he could binge watch it. And he'd watch it again and again and again and again. Yeah, I watched and that. That's, that was really and that's good. how he learned. Yeah, I fall asleep listening to you, Dave. I'm only joking. (laughs) You know, but that's the point. Um, There are many different ways to learn now, um, and apprentices need to see that. They need, you know, they need to not be kind of stuck in the cell of a training room necessarily. I think, I think, if I would give um, apprentices or learners um, one piece of advice, it would be um, to understand not just not just read, but to understand the fundamental principles. Go to chapter thirteen. Read chapter 13 over and over and over again. Don't just remember what they say. Try and understand the content behind the phrase. Um, That will make you a much safer and a much better spark in the industry if you can understand that. If you want to go a little bit further, try and understand where those fundamental principles come from in terms of the Electricity at Work Act. But don't just kind of tunnel vision. Don't just look at the, the, the... the value of what words say, mm-hmm. go and find out the meaning behind them. And that's really important yeah. if you're training so to be true. a spark. Yeah, yeah. And, to, and to add, a lot of apprentices, they go to college, they learn stuff, they go to work the next day, and the sparks will go, you don't need to know that, you don't need to know that, you'll never use that. Uh, you know, there's nothing to say those apprentices can't be better or go further than that electrician they're working with. Well, that, those electricians, sadly, are stuck in the dark ages. They are, yeah. you. And, gents, just to, to, to round things off, if people want to find out more about E5, uh, what you do, where should they go? Where can they go and find out more? We have a Twitter account. We are on Instagram. 
We are on Facebook. We have a podcast. We have a YouTube channel. Um, I think we're on pretty much every media platform. Unless I'm missing something, we we hang around in um, Sparky Ninjas group. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we we appear on other YouTube channels uh, as well. So we've got a yeah a bit of and a, a. If you search for the hashtag E5, you might find yes. some kind of link as well to it. Uh, we're on LinkedIn as well, actually. Yeah. So what we try and do is we use our social media channel, the E5 one specifically, um, to just be educational or informative. Um, and then the other guys, we have individual social media accounts as well where we do our own stuff as well. 